This is the day, we call it Communion Sunday. The Bible also calls it the Lord's Supper. It's also called the Eucharist. It's a Greek word. Uh, it's also called the Lord's Table. And uh, we do this, you know, every three months or so here at Return. And uh, I, I was just going to skip over it. And the Lord just put his brakes on me, big red light, slow down, stop, don't run past that table. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on the Lord's Supper again today. And don't sit there thinking you know all there is to know about this. What I'm praying is that the Holy Spirit will just grab your heart and lead you into a greater experience with God than ever before through the broken body and the poured out blood of Jesus. We had one of our saints today saw a dove fly into the sanctuary and drop an olive branch right here. And uh, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit, and He brings His peace. And uh, you'll never have peace of mind. You'll never have communion with God uh, unless you go through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. So this is communion. It's all about thanksgiving, breaking, and giving. Thanks, break, and give. We come into this world... I can't get my clicker to work. Praise the Lord. There we go. For nine months, everything's wonderful. We're insulated from the evil of life. There's a, a womb of mercy around us, a womb of protection. We're isolated, but yet we're connected. We're connected, and all the nourishment and the sustenance that we need to live is, is there provided for us. Through the umbilical cord, we're, we're, we're covered in warmth and love and mercy. We're, all our needs are met for nine months. How many of y'all remember that first nine months? <laughs> we don't remember. <laughs> but we were. Life was great. <laughs> Life was fantastic. Amen. And then we come out of the womb and the umbilical cord's cut and we're disconnected. We, we are abandoned. We feel rejected. You know, we have fear. So we cry and our mother holds us and embraces us. And the truth is, some of us had better mothers than others. Some people had flawed mothers. Some people had flawed dads. Some people had, were, you know, but depending on the amount of the love and the warmth and the caring and the connection that you got with your mom, you know, help, help establish who you were the rest of your life. We go to school. You know what I always felt in school? Disconnected. Disconnected. Abandoned. Rejected. Oh, I could always gravitate to two or three friends, but I was never the most popular one in the school. We moved many different schools. As my dad grew his business, we, we moved from town to town. So every time you walk into a new school, there's that rejection, abandonment. What, and, and we spend our life looking to get connected again. We just want what we had in the womb. We want connection. We want to be loved. We want to be held. We want to be wanted. We're just looking for somebody to want us, to want to be in our presence, someone that we can connect with, or a family we can connect with, or a church that we can connect with. Amen. We, we, we search for it. Yet the big disconnect is because we're sinners. We're born sinners. That little baby we just saw was a sinner. Disconnected from God, alienated from God, separated from God. But Jesus Christ 
with his broken body and his poured out blood came to help connect us again to our Creator. Connect us again to God. He came to love us, to wrap his arms around us. He came to make us feel warm and, and wanted and accepted. He even calls us beloved. You're the beloved with him because of what Jesus did on this earth 2,000 years ago. Communion. The scripture we look at, 1 Corinthians 11, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians 11. I read a book by Ann Voskamp called The Broken Way. I encourage everyone to get this book. Absolutely tremendous. It inspired my thinking here. We've got to learn to remember this table. In fact, a lot of the churches you'll go to, I have a sign right here on the furniture, on the communion table, do this in remembrance. It's about remembering. Jesus asked us to do this so we would remember. You know our biggest problem in life is? We forget. We forget God. I mean, do you remember God when you wake up and you're late for work and you got fine out bills you can't pay and your spouse is screaming at you about something and your kids are not behaving right and you got a health problem you got to go see the doctor about? Do you stop and remember God? That God's the head. That God's sovereign. That God is involved in every detail of your life. That God loves you unconditionally, that God's intentionally good to you, that He's in the process of transforming you, that He's always present with you. Can we remember that He's always here? Because when you remember, you can give thanks. For the person that forgets God is present, he has a real hard time with gratitude. Communion's about remembering. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Do you remember what God has done for you? Do we have to be reminded every time we come to church? Or can you walk through the whole week understanding who you are in Christ? I am the beloved. I am a saint. I'm, I'm His son. I'm a child of the living God. I am holy and righteous and justified and redeemed. I know who I am in Christ because I remember. I remember what Jesus has done for me. Forgetting. Look at this on the bottom. To to. Forgetting to remember we're in Christ is to walk in darkness, fear, unbelief, doubt, defeat. The root cause of all our troubles come from failure to remember our union with Christ. This table is about union with Christ. It's about unity. It's about wholeness. It's about intimacy. It's communion. Everything we're looking for in life is found right here. Oh, you think it's found in a person? You think it's found... In a human love, but it's really not. It's all found at the table of Christ. Forgetting. When you forget God is present, in control, and that He loves you, or when you forget who you are in Christ and what God has done for you, then you allow fear to control your life. Fear just kind of creeps in. Where did fear come from? It came from you forgetting. <laughs> you forgot that God is here. You forgot that God's the head. You forgot that God is sovereign in your life. You become anxious and worried. Where does that stuff come from? A lack of trust. A lack of faith. I, I, I'm an anxious guy. I'm wound up all the time. 
And I always have to work on it. And, and I realize when I really get overloaded with anxiety, I just have to stop. I open my Bible, I pray, and all of a sudden this peace will come back in my mind again. But why did I get anxious? Because I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that Jesus is present. I forgot that He's in control of my life. Forgetting, remembering. If you forget, your gratitude changes into ingratitude. If you forget, your circumstances will overwhelm you. If you forget, you can become depressed or angry real easy. If you forget, unbelief begins to take you down. Like, like quicksand, it just, just pulls you down. The harder you fight, the more you seem to sink. What's going on? You forgot. You forgot. You need to remember what Jesus did for you. You need to remember who He is and He's alive and active and present in your life. Amen. When you forget, Satan's biggest trick is to get you to forget. Why do we have to, faith comes by what? Hearing. We've got to remind ourselves all the time. We've got to, because circumstances are going to go bad, and Satan's going to spew all these little lies in your head, and you'll start thinking, I'm, I'm unwanted. I'm unlovable. I'm disconnected. I'm broken. I'm too broken. How can God accept me when I'm this flawed and this broken? Beloved one, that's Satan trying to get you to forget. Get you to forget who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. Forget to give thanks and you'll forget God. The most amazing thing about this table, the broken, and when I look at this table, if I were to pull the tops off these, I would see wine and bread. And then if I could really look in the spirit, I'd, I'd see a crucified hand of Jesus Christ laying in the middle of the table. I would see his bloody arm and his hand, pierced, pierced hand. Because that's what it took for me and you to have communion with God. And what happens at communion is this amazing exchange. Christ and the human become one body by faith. They hold all things in common by faith. You, you enter into this by faith. This means that what Christ possesses now belongs to me, and what I possess belongs to Christ. What do I mean by that? Everything we possess is now on Jesus. All our vices, all our sins, all our guilt, our shame, our condemnation is all on Jesus. I, I can li list sins. Y'all want to name me out your number one sin you battle with when we go, down the, go through the room? No, you don't want to do that, but let me tell you something. You're not unlike your neighbor. We all struggle with the same junk. A lot of us would never admit that to anybody, but the truth is we're all so very flawed. And, and what Jesus did is take every bit of that off of you onto himself. And if you're still carrying it around, you don't believe what I just said. If you really want to get rid of it all, give it all to Him today at the communion table. He, he takes all of our junk upon Himself. And then everything that Jesus possesses is now on us. Righteousness, holiness, godliness, all good things, all goodness is now on us. If you don't believe that... If you can't receive, if you walk out of here not feeling righteous, not feeling holy, not feeling godly, listen to me, don't go by your feelings, go by what God's Word says. You are righteous, you have been made whole. The rich, the noble, holy bridegroom 
marries this poor, sinful prostitute and takes away all her evil and gives her all of his goodness. That's an amazing exchange. You can look at Hosea and Gomer and the story there. You know, beloved, we're so flawed and we're so sinful and none of us deserve this. But God sent his son to this earth to take our sin upon himself. Don't walk out of here feeling sinful, guilty, and condemned. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Stand on the Word of God and give all that junk to Him and let Him put His righteousness onto you. This will change your life. The exchange, the miracle of communion with God is Jesus reaching out to us broken and giving. Broken body, poured out blood, giving, giving Himself away continually. If we believe, then everything we get gets placed on Him. He becomes what we are. He takes our sinful junk upon Himself. Then we can receive everything He is. He imputes His righteousness onto us. We become what He is. Learn to walk in that truth. That truth will absolutely change the way you think, the way you behave, the way you live. It will take away your depression. It will take away your anger. It will take away your self-pity. Beloved, learn who you are in Christ and walk in that. What happened at this table is not symbolic. This is radical. This is radical, life-changing truth right here. This is the one thing Jesus said, do over and over again in remembrance of me. To remember His broken body, His poured out blood. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When Jesus said, this is the cup, this cup is the new covenant, this cup is the new testament or the new covenant in my blood which I offer you. I read this week that in first century Judaism, that's exactly what the bridegroom said to the bride when he was proposing to her. And, and he reached out, he would take a cup of wine and say, this is the covenant in my blood. In other words, I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to give you my heart, my life, I'll die for you. And what he was saying, this was vulnerable, this is being very vulnerable. He was saying, will you marry me? Will, will, I love you, I want you, I covenant myself to you. I commit to you. Do you love me? Do you want me? Will you covenant yourself with me? Very vulnerable. Liz isn't in here. She's in doing the nursery today. But when I proposed to her, we hadn't dated long, and uh, I was a nervous wreck. I, I was scared that she was going to say no. I mean, I just wasn't sure. You need to date a long time, so, and you'll just say things, indicate she might say yes. So I had, had my ring, and uh, I was nervous, and we sat down, and so I just, I opened the ring and just kind of smiled. I didn't say anything. I'm thinking, I'm not going to say anything. It's, it lessens my risk of getting destroyed right here. So I'm just, and then she looked at me and says, say it. <laughs> she, said, she, said, she, said, she said, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Will you marry me? <laughs> I was afraid. Why? Because that was such a vulnerable position I put myself in. Think how vulnerable Jesus got. He reached out to his disciples, said, will you marry me? This is what communion is about. This is the time, the place of the covenant. Will you enter into a covenant with me? 
That's what Jesus is saying to you today. We, I know you know me. You're my sons and my daughters. But will you marry me? Well, will you go all in? Will you burn the ships and abandon your past life and go all in and commit to me and follow me? Will you marry me? Communion. It's about thanking, breaking, and giving. Luke 22 says he took the bread and gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. With the thanking and the breaking and the giving comes abundance. You want to know what the abundant life is? It's thanking and breaking and giving. The abundant life is not about you getting barns full. It's not about you getting wealth stored up, you know, for many generations to come. No, the abundant life Christ is talking about is you breaking your life. Let, let Him break you. And out of this brokenness with gratitude, then give your life away. That's the abundant life. You can't outgive God. Giving is what living is all about. You can't outgive God. Once you learn to give, then you really learn how to live. And what, what communion is about is Jesus giving thanks to the Father that He was about to go to the cross. And then going to the cross and breaking His life, being broken bread and poured out wine. And then giving Himself. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Unless the corn and wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. How do we get corn and wheat and, and crops? All these seeds have to break. You've got to break. God has to break you. He has to break us in order for us to experience abundance, in order for the multiplication. Remember when Jesus fed the multitudes? He thanked God. He broke the bread. He gave it away. And as He gave it, there was a, a miraculous multiplying of the bread and the fish. It multiplied and multiplied and fed thousands. What is he saying here? This is the, the mystery of abundance comes in the thanking and the breaking and the giving. You want to have abundance in your life? Give. God's already broken you out of your brokenness. Just give it back. Pour out into other people. Can I hear an amen on that? I want return to be a giving church. God wants return to be a giving church. We are his broken body. Listen to this. The communion, the intimacy, the union, the unity the oneness, the wholeness. All we are looking for in life is found in the thanking, the breaking, and the giving. That little baby that was, the umbilical cord was cut, and it was screaming and crying because it needed someone to hold him, needed someone to love him, needed someone to accept him. He wanted to be connected again. Well, I'm 58 years old, and I'm still that little baby, wanting to be connected, wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted. And, and everywhere we look for it, it will always fail you at work, at school, and friends, at church, all these places. But here it will never fail you. If you want to be connected and feel whole and accepted and beloved and with a union and an intimacy with God, it happens right here through the wine and the bread or the blood and the body of our Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, this is a secret to everything you're looking for in life. The Christian life is all about brokenness. In communion, our brokenness mixes with His brokenness. Then we take His broken body to a broken world. When we touch and love the broken, we're touching and loving Christ. You know, it's easy to love lovely people. 
Go spend your time loving an unlovely person. Go spend your time loving someone that's hard to love. That, that's where you meet the mystery of the brokenness of Christ and your brokenness. That's where real communion takes place as you pour yourself out to a broken world. God loves you so much that He'll break everything about you that is outside of your identity in Him. I said a lot there. And I, the pain of life is overbearing to me. Every time I set up to try to create identity in wealth or success or achievement, God will break me and break me and break me. If I want to have my identity as a pastor of return, well, God knows how to break that out of me real quick too. Even my family, even ministry or things we do in life, what do you gain your identity from? Beloved, our deepest, truest, only real identity is our identity we find in Christ. In Him is who I am. In Christ is who I am. I'm nobody else. I'm a Christian. I'm in Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. That's my identity. Not, Not a pastor of return. Not a businessman. Not a family man. Sure, I am all those things, but that's not who I am. I'm telling you, where, where's God breaking you right now? If you'll analyze it, it'll be apart from your identity in Christ. He's breaking you in these areas of your life when you step out of Christ, trying to find your identity in something else. Some people can do it, try to find it in a relationship. A, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Some people live their life through their kids. There's hundreds of ways to do this. But the breaking doesn't come in my union with Christ. He's already broken. He's got to break me so that I'll come to this table and desire Him and only Him in my life. When my whole desire is a union with Him, no longer a union with a human, no longer success or achievement so the world may love me, if I can rest all of my identity and all my value and all my worth, if I can get it all in Him, then it changes everything for me. Sin is the despairing refusal to find your deepest identity in your relationship with God. Sin is seeking to become whole by getting an identity apart from Him. It'll never work. Brokenness. It's a long paragraph, but I'm going to read it. Nothing can break our life like not knowing who we are in Christ. And there's nothing that needs breaking more in life than the lies about who we are. When we listen to the lies hissing like a snake, hissing, that we are unlovable, unacceptable, unwanted, then that's when we go seeking our identity in success or status of superiority and not in your Savior. You think you're not loved? You think you're not accepted? You think you're not the beloved? That's all the devil hissing and hissing at you. Spitting lies in your face. Liz and I killed a snake the other day in my front sidewalk in my house. I don't think it was poisonous, but I didn't ask him. And uh, he looked like the devil to me. I hate all snakes. But so my dogs were barking at it. I was afraid they were going to get bit. And they just, just were crazy getting too close. So I went and got a shotgun. And uh, right before I shot him, I saw a little tongue hissing, hissing. And that's, you know, there's a devil out there hissing in, your, hissing in your ear. I did kill the snake, by the way. One shot, boom. Then I shot him twice just for good measure to make sure he was dead. Dude. That snake ain't going to hurt, hurt me. But the devil's so real. What makes you forget who you are in Christ? 
all these lies. He hisses at you through your friends. He hisses at you through the media. He hisses at you through books. He hisses at you through the internet. He hisses at you just, just getting in your memory and stirring things up from the past. The devil knows all kind of different ways to get you to feel unloving, uh, unlovable, unacceptable, disconnected, abandoned, rejected. None of that's true. Man, through the table, through the broken body and the poured out blood, we've got this amazing union and connection with God. I don't want you to leave this building today without this connection I'm talking about with our Lord. That's why He died. That's why Jesus poured out His blood, that He might bring us sinners and connect us through Him to Almighty God. Wow, I love communion. It's my favorite, favorite time. It's not symbolic. It's radical. It's not transubst... Who can say that big word? Thank you very good. I'll just go with your... It's not that, but it's not some symbolic Christian thing that's a boring service when you have it. No, this is where you get your life changed. This is where you get your eyes open. If you could just see, see the bloody body of Jesus and the brokenness, the bruise, the wounds, the blood poured out. Man, it makes me want to rip the tops off these things and drink all the juice and eat all the bread right now. Man, I just want, I want to suck it all in. I want to take it all in my being. I want the fullness of my experience that God's trying to give to me today. Giving. Communion is all about giving. For God so loved the world He gave. The cross was a gift from God. Jesus' life was a gift from God. His death, a gift. The blood, a gift. The whole thing was a gift from God. It's by grace are you saved. It's all a gift of God. Living is all about giving. Open your hands, open your hearts, and give to the most vulnerable. The poor, the orphans, the widows, the strangers. Give, give. There are broken people everywhere. People lonely, abused, hurting, rejected, depressed. People with so much pain they can't even cope with life. They couldn't keep a job if they got one. They, they, they can't even keep family relationships. People that run to alcohol and drugs because there's no other coping mechanism in life. These people are hurting. What do these people need? They need a broken Christian who has is, who is consumed the brokenness of Christ into their life. They need a broken Christian with the brokenness of Christ to go to the broken people of the world and embrace them and love them and help them get connected. The same thing God does for you at this table, He wants you to do out in the community. Find a widow lady. Lonely. Some widow ladies have nothing. They've lost their husband. They, they, they sit in homes all by themselves, almost in the dark. Find a lady like that. Adopt that person into your family. Find an orphan child. Find a child that doesn't have a good mom or a good dad or a good home situation. And help that child. Adopt that child into your family. If not naturally, do it spiritually. Or go to the poor. Just go to, you know, go to, go to Denny's or, or, or McDonald's and see somebody who looks like they're on hard times and buy them a breakfast. Go to Dollar General. Give a kid a dollar. Go to Walmart and find someone that all they can afford to put in their basket is macaroni 
or a few cheap things and take them through the store and fill up their buggy and buy them a buggy load of groceries. You say, well, I don't get credit through the church. This, yeah, you don't. This is all just between you and him. Because that's how you meet Christ. That's how you serve Christ. That's how you give to Christ. I know we got limited budgets, but maybe you don't have any money. Maybe you give some time. Give some time to someone. Give some encouragement to someone. If you got a dollar, share it. If you got ten, share it. If you got a hundred, share the hundred. There's no joy, no greater joy in life than just the giving of communion, the giving of Christianity. I don't know. I don't get a lot of amens when I talk about giving. Look at this. Find someone, let the Holy Spirit lead you, and adopt them. Treat them like you're their own family. Invest into a broken person. We go to Portland every Thursday. We feed about two, 225 people. And it takes me a long time just to get to know them. But, you know, it's my great joy. And the highlight of my week is to be there and to make a new friend and start an investment in a new relationship. My goal is for a thousand drug addicts to get off drugs and to find Christ. And I believe this is going to happen. It's not going to all happen through me, but it's going to happen through all the people that are getting saved and are getting helped. It's one of the greatest... You say, why? That's no fun. Man, that's the most fun thing I do all week. That's my highlight is 5 o'clock every Thursday. And um, all I want to do is just invite y'all to the party. Invite y'all into the dance of the, the joy and the satisfaction that it brings helping someone find the Lord. Giving. Communion is all about giving as is the Christian life. Think of it. Thanksgiving forgiving, life-giving, caregiving. We could go on and on. Christianity is all about giving. Everything has to do with opening your hands, not, not gripping them tight, hanging on, but opening them, letting it all go. We must be broken and then give ourselves away to experience true communion with God. If you live a selfish life, yeah, you can receive the brokenness of Christ here today at the table. But you're never going to really experience this until you're able to release it through your life into the community. That's, this is where communion starts. That, that's where it flows to. It flows through broken people. When you help others live better, your life gets better. Our entire life should be one of continual giving out of our broken lives. Jesus' life was a broken life that he gave away. We are to receive his life and then give ourselves away. Pour yourself out to others. God pours himself into you. Empty your bucket. God fills your bucket up in life. Go spill it out. People say, man, if I give it all away, I'll be broke. Blessed are the broke. <laughs> Blessed are the busted. Blessed are the bankrupt. Blessed are those that have given themselves away. Wow, I love this giving talk. Love broken people. I'm going to read you a few scriptures and we're going to have our communion. Luke 14. He turned to his host. This is Jesus. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors. For they will invite you back and that will be your reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Isn't that strong? It's powerful. The world doesn't work that way. When rich people have parties, they invite other rich people. You know, the, the whole thing's built on what can you do for me? I'll be your friend if you can do something for me. That's not Christianity. Christianity goes and rounds up all the people that no one's ever going to invite to dinner 
and, and, and makes a banquet and, and loves on those people. You say, well, I don't have the time. You can always find one. So I don't have the money. You can always spend a dollar. You know, communion, again, is not symbolic. It's radical. Our, our Christian life is just not one of rituals and symbols. It's radical. It's radical faith that will change your life, and your life can change others. Find the least of these, those that have suffered the most, that are the most broken, and share the broken body of Jesus. When we touch the hungry, listen to this, when we touch the hungry, the hurting, the lonely stranger, the thirsty, the broken and the busted, we touch Jesus Christ. You say, I don't believe that. That's what he said. Isaiah 58, this is the kind of fasting I want. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will heal quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I'm here. He'll reply quickly, feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Wow, that's Christianity right there. That's what God wants us to do. And look at the reward. And sometimes my life gets so dark because God's breaking me and the storms. I'm in the boat and the waves are just crashing in and everything's dark. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God will speak into my heart. And it's like the light just breaks through the clouds and everything's fine. Have you all ever experienced that? He's telling you right here, if you'll feed the hungry, if you'll, you'll go to the poor and you'll help people, help, help the vulnerable. He's saying right here, your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as a bright as noon. Man, when that sun of righteousness is shining on you, you're not going to have fear. You're not going to have depression. You're not going to have anxiety. You don't have any of that stuff when the Lord, all you have is faith because you walk in Him. When you walk out of faith and the darkness comes and you get all down and out, again, you have forgotten that God's ahead of your life and that He loves you, that He's sovereign in your life. And, and if you're going through a storm, it's because you need to go through a storm. If you're going through a trial, it's because you need to go through a trial. God knows what we need. We pray and we hope we get answers, but you know, He only answers the stuff that's good for us. If He gave you everything you asked for, you probably would be so independent and proud you wouldn't even need God anymore. You'd probably lose your relationship with God. So God knows how to put me on my knees. <laughs> he knows how to say no to some of my prayers to keep me dependent upon Him. Can I get an amen on that? All right, almost done here. This is Matthew 25. The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me to your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And in verse 40, the king will say, i tell you the truth. When did... You did, when you did it under the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it under me. I saw a, a guy hold a panhandle and they had a sign up in Portland. He said, why lie? I just want a beer. <laughs> I went up to him, I said, you know, that's the best panhandling sign I've ever seen in my life. He said, you're going to give me a dollar? I said, no, I'm not giving you a dollar for a beer. I said, I was on. 
But that was a good sign. You know, if you want to find the least of these, you just pray. They're everywhere. Our community's full of children that need a, need a helping hand. Our community's full of widows, male and female. Lonely people that need, need a companion, need a, need a friend. Our community's full of homeless people. They're, they're all over the place. And, you know, I'm going to go see one after church that's in the hospital. You know, their, their souls are just as important as your soul to God. They just need a helping hand. When the Bible says when you do it to them, you're doing it to Him. You want to really bless the heart of Christ? You want to experience real communion? Then take your broken life that has just received His broken life at this table and go to a broken world and find a broken person and love on that person. When you do that, you're doing it to Christ. That, that's, that's the reality of what communion should translate into in our lives. Actions speak louder than words. James 2 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. And in 1 John 3.16, we know that real love, what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us. Again, that's, a, that's the table. We're remembering about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus at the table. We're remembering the cross. We're remembering Calvary. Jesus gave his life up for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need but shows no compassion... How can God's love be in that person? Really strong language there, but it's something we all ought to pay attention to. You may say, well, i got a family, i got a job, I'll help at the church. I don't need time for that. I promise you can find time to help. Man, just think if we all just help one person and help them and love them. And, and if they need a doctor, get them a doctor, whatever they need. If they need food, if they need shelter, just love people. Pour your bucket out. Pour your life out. That's the secret to the abundant life. It's in the thanking, the breaking, and the giving away. Thanking and breaking and giving, that comes abundance. The, mir- the miracle of abundance comes in the thanking, the breaking, and the giving. This is my last slide. Communion is not symbolic, it's radical. I just want to recap. Communion is about remembering that Christ is present. He said, do this in remembrance of me. We're, we're to remember that Christ is present. Three, our brokenness is healed by our communion with Jesus and his brokenness. Four, the communion, the intimacy, the union, the unity, the oneness, the wholeness, everything we're looking for in life is found in the thanking, the breaking, and the giving away. Since the communion is found in brokenness and giving, then why are we so afraid of being broken and so anxious about giving everything away? Our brokenness meets the mystery of Christ's brokenness and giving and becomes the miracle of abundance. Our brokenness meets the mystery of Christ's brokenness and we take it to a broken world and we see the abundance of that. I'm believing in our tent meeting. A lot of people are going to get saved. But I know for sure a lot of them are going to get fed. We're going to have pizza. And you say, well, which is the more important? Well, sometimes it takes pizza but, but before they can 
except Christ. You know, I don't know how many of them are going to get saved, but I know a bunch of them will get fed. We're also going to try to come up with 250 boxes of food to take with them. I know they'll be able to have food for the week. I don't know. That's God's business who gets saved. Maybe only one gets saved. Maybe all of them get saved. I don't know. But I do know my job is to go and love them. My job is to feed them. My job is to help them. My job is to give them a hand up in life. Amen. And I'd like, I'd like everybody to be a part of this thinking, this way of life. Just find, you know, you don't have to get credit for it. God knows what you're doing. You can tell me if you want to tell me. I'd love to hear the stories. But you don't have to get, do something. The Bible says if you fast publicly, you have your reward. If you pray publicly or if you give alms publicly, you have your reward. You, all that should be between you and the Lord. Just do it for Jesus. I go to McDonald's sometimes and just hang out and wait for somebody really dirty, really poor. I don't know it because they'll come up to me and ask me if I've got a dollar. And you know what I do then? I go, I just buy them breakfast, and I sit down with them. i got 15, 20 minutes to share the Lord with them. And then I'll buy another. That's just as one, that's the neatest, that's the most fun thing I can do in life. Sure, i got other things going on, but that's where my passion is. That's what I love doing. Find a hungry person and feed them. In every McDonald's in the world, even in the good neighborhoods, there's, there's hungry people. You could go to the coffee shop and buy coffee for the person behind you. Now, you might not be blessing somebody at the level of giving a poor person a meal at McDonald's, but somebody did that for me one time. Has that ever happened to any of y'all? It's wild. I don't know why people do that. So when I, it happened, it overwhelmed me, so I said, well, here's my money. You pay for the guy. I'm paying for the guy behind me. And I'm thinking, that'd be cool if that went on all day long. You know, nobody bought their own meal. Give. It, you can't outgive God. Communion is about giving. Living is about giving. Christianity is about giving. It's forgiving. It's life-giving. It's care-giving. It's all about in the giving, in the thanking, in the breaking, and the giving away. That's what this communion table is about. Go to the broken with your broken heart and allow Christ's brokenness to heal them and to save them. If I could have the musicians up here, we're going to have our communion. If I could have our ushers, I'll read this verse to us. This is Luke. Luke 22 says, He took the bread and he gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. This is the air of This is the air I breathe, your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread, this is my daily
Jesus did at Calvary. We wouldn't know joy, we wouldn't know peace, we wouldn't know love. Can you imagine being alienated all your life from God? Like the little baby screaming, trying to get its mother to wrap her arms around it. But because of what Jesus did at Calvary, God the Father wraps his arms around us. He calls you beloved son and daughter. He wants to have this amazing unity, wholeness, intimacy, communion, fellowship with each of us. It's the table here, the Lord's table, where that's made possible. So Jesus took the bread, blessed it. Dear Lord, I just pray you'd put a, the portion of Christ on this bread. Lord, that when we eat it, it would heal our brokenness our broken hearts, all the painful things in our life that have created wounds in our heart, I pray for healing today, that you'd heal the brokenhearted, that you'd mend the broken places, that you'd fix the broken wounds of our hearts. And Lord, that you'd give us the faith to go out into the world to the broken people and help someone. Teach us this day, Lord, give us an experience like none other. Help us. You promised me, Lord, that everything I'm looking for in life is found right here in you. So it's through your broken body. Jesus, we thank you for your brokenness, for your broken body. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. We thank you for everything you've ever done for us. And we remember you this day. In Jesus' name, and they all ate together. took the cup the new covenant is in the cup which I give to you 
And what he's really saying is, I want to marry you. Will you marry me? Lord Jesus, I hear that call, a call to go deeper and higher, a call of the marriage vows. Lord, I thank you for being my Savior. And I just hope, Lord, that you put it in all of our minds and hearts right now to make you our Lord, our King, that we'd all want to be married to you as your bride. Lord, take this cup. Let the Christ, portion of the Christ, rest upon it to give us what we need, Lord God, that we might be a faithful bride, that we might do your will, that we might serve the broken people of this world the way you want us to serve them. In the name of Jesus, and they all drank together. Amen. Let's sing. Sing, worship, pray. If you just had an amazing experience, just give God thanks for what he's done in your heart and your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my day. is my drops of blood and that's just the grace of God raining down on us and he would say to you today that his grace is sufficient for you all sin washed away 
All sin forgotten for good. All, all, all your junk placed on him. When you ate the bread and drank the wine, you're, you're having communion or intimacy with Jesus. And that's what takes it all away. That's what makes us right. He, he removes the nastiness of our sin and he puts his righteousness on us. It's all by grace. We can't boast or take credit for any of this. It's just him. And he would say to you today, because you're washed by his grace, that you're his beloved. <laughs> I want you to walk out of here today saying, I am the beloved of God. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm a saint. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He's in control of everything in my life. He's not going to allow one thing to happen to me that's not for my good and his glory. I won't forget this week. I'm going to remember Jesus every day, all during the day, every day this week. I'm going to remember. I want you to remember him with me. Just keep him in your mind this week. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, we thank you for your grace. I thank you for the rain of your grace. You just rain down on us like a rain shower on a corn crop. Except you rain your drops of blood on our sinful hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for making us clean, for making us accepted. We're like the little baby that finally found its way back to mom. And now you hold us and you love us and you accept us. And not only that, you empower us and change us and transform us and enable us, Lord God, to do your will. You give us the faith, Lord, that we need to walk through this dark world. I thank you for the table. I thank you for the bread and the wine. I thank you for the radical, radical thing that communion is. Change our church, our church hearts, our lives, our minds continually, Lord, as we lean into you. We're pursuing you, Jesus, with a passion. And I just pray, Lord, we, we pray for return. We pray for this church. Lord, we're praying for a great awakening, a, a revival, an outpouring, Lord. We're praying you just set this church on fire. That the community will see the fire and it will be a contagious fire. And they'll want to see what's going on. They'll come. And that you'll save many. That you'll fill them with the Holy Spirit. That you'll baptize them in your name, Lord. That you'll make disciples out of these people. That we can make a difference in our community, Lord, if our hearts were just sold out to you. If we were all in. So yes, Lord, we, we accept your marriage proposal at the communion table. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, we'll love you back. Yes, we'll be loyal to you. Yes, we'll be committed to you. Yes, yes, we'll be your bride. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Would you give the Lord a hand clap and just praise him for a minute? Just take a moment and praise him.